You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. The title message tonight is Good News. I have fallen, but I can get up. Good news. I have fallen, but I can get up. Look with me in Luke 22, verse 54. The Bible says, Then took they him, and led him, and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire, and earnestly looked upon him, and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know not, I know him not. After a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he spake, while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the privilege to preach your word. I pray that you fill me with your Holy Spirit, dear Lord. Help this story to come alive as it did in my study. Help me to portray the good news of your word. We ask to be with everything we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Runner's World Magazine, August 91. Feels like a long time ago, right? Told the story of a female runner, her attempt to qualify for the 1992 Olympic Trials Marathon. Now, to do so, a female runner must complete, complete the 27-mile race in less than two hours and 45 minutes just to make it to trials. This female runner started out strong but began to have trouble around mile 23. She reached the final straightaway with just two minutes left to qualify. 200 yards from the finish, she stumbled and fell. Dazed, she stayed down for about 20 seconds. The clock was now ticking. It now read two hours, 44 minutes. Less than a minute to go. She staggered to her feet and began walking. Five yards short of the finish, with 10 seconds to go, she fell again. She began to crawl, the crowd cheering her on, and crossed the line on her hands and knees. Her time, two hours, 44 minutes, and 57 seconds. How many of you in here tonight could say, that's me? At some point in my life, when I was running the Christian race, that was me. I've fallen down spiritually. Or maybe the devil's tripped you up. You're not a failure 
when you fall. Only when you forget to get back up. If you get up just one more time, then you fall, you're a success. Proverbs 24, 16, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. That word mischief here is talking about adversity. Pastor just preached on that. How are you on overcoming that adversity? When things are tough, when things are rough, how are you? Just like this lady in the race, she could have given up. She could have said, you know what, this is too hard. Our Christian race is about the same way. However, what would any of us think if pastor would fall spiritually? And in the midst of doing so, he would deny the Lord. Peter in our story did just that. Peter fell spiritually, but in the midst of doing so, he denied the Lord not once, not twice, three times. I got three points tonight that I want to bring to your attention. Number one, Peter's fall. Peter's fall. Notice right off in verse 54. Look with the latter part of it. The very end, it says, and Peter followed afar off. Peter was following afar off. Dear sir, dear ma'am, how many of y'all, again, could say that of yourselves? Maybe tonight, or maybe at some point in your Christian life, you decided that, you know what, uh, this, this Christian life's not for me. It's too hard to follow Christ. I'm going to just follow afar off. Right before verse 54, Jesus has just been arrested in the garden, and they begin to lead him to the first trial of the night. That walk there was about a mile, a mile long from the Garden of Gethsemane to the foot of Mount, the Mount Olives to the temple where Jesus was going to be tried. However, Peter was different. Can't knock Peter too hard. Peter was different. It says in Matthew 26, 56, all of the other disciples fled completely. But Peter still decided to follow afar off. Peter had enough will and want to, to know what, what would happen to Jesus, but he didn't have enough will to identify with him. If we're honest with ourselves tonight, maybe many of us could say, you know what, Brother Rusty, I, 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 I'm just that person. I'm just like that. I have a love for the Lord, but I, I just I can't identify with him. When I go out into the world, I, I just I can't get there. Maybe in your actions. Maybe, maybe it's just that. Maybe when, when push comes to shove, it's just, I, I, I can't get there. You see, like many of us can attest that there's been a time in our life, maybe right now, where we were just like Peter. Where Peter has that private affection. He has a private love for the Lord. But that private love for the Lord is without public advertisement. Peter loved the Lord when things got difficult. When the rest of the world didn't feel the same way. 
it was time to continue to follow, but not too close. Not too close. I need, you know, you see, I, I still need to follow afar off because I'm afraid of what people might think. I'm afraid of what people might do. Peter here was afraid for his life. What are they going to do to me if they find out that I'm following the Messiah? Peter was afraid of what others would do. But most importantly, he was afraid of the association with Christ. It's one thing when you're in a room with everyone who loves the Lord. It's one thing, teens, to go off to youth conference and to make public professions and say, I'm going to do these things. I want to live for the Lord. It's a different to be in the public and carry out those things. Inside these walls, it's easy to live for the Lord. But when you go out those doors, it's a minefield. It's one thing to make big decisions when you're surrounded by fellow Christians. But it's real easy to make the wrong decisions when you're in the world. It's easy to shine maybe when you're, when you're in a workplace. It's easy to profess the Lord when you're in a workplace when everybody loves the Lord. But it's a lot more difficult when you maybe work in a secular environment, and, and you're afraid. What are they going to think of me? Maybe I won't get that next promotion. Maybe they'll think of me differently. Maybe, maybe they'll even treat me so much differently that I just want to quit. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when the world starts calling you names? What are you going to do when they say, hey, Bible thumper, hey, Jesus freak, what are you going to do then? What are you going to say when they ask you to go out for drinks after work? And you say no, and they smart off and say, oh, she's too good. She's a Christian. He's too good. He's a Christian. What are you going to do then? Are you going to crumble to the peer pressure of the world? There was a stat that was taken that says 90% of teens reported having experienced peer pressure in their lives. <laughs> it's going to happen. But the sad part here is 28% of them reported that their social status was boosted because of they fell for the peer pressure. However, I wonder what that stat would be if we asked the teens, what percentage of you had the social status boosted after you gave up your walk for the Lord? Once you denied Christ and started to follow those worldly ways. Again, many of, many of us in tonight can attest to this. My, me, myself personally. I'm sure many of you know someone, or maybe it's even yourself, that right before your own eyes, this person just started following afar off. Slowly but surely, they started getting further and further away. They stopped coming to church faithfully. They stopped socializing with the members. They stopped coming to the events. They stopped reading their Bibles, they stopped praying, they began then to have worldly friends. And slowly begin to see them follow afar off. Look with me in Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse 31. I want to show you just how close Peter was. 
26, verse 31. The Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go, go before Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Look at me on Luke 22. I love the, the, uh, the Gospels to be able to go through these parallel passages to see each one, how they report each thing. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto them, Lord, I am, already, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. You see here, Peter promised. Peter said, Lord, I'll never do these things to you. Lord, I'll never deny you. Lord, I'm with you to the end, whether that be in death or in prison. I'm not going anywhere. Peter went from, I want Jesus 100% of the time, to even cutting off the ear of the soldier who came to capture him. To now, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to follow just a little far off. It's amazing how things change when the world comes into play. Maybe some of you in here were kind of like that also. Maybe, maybe some of you could say, man, when I, was, when I first got saved, I was on fire. I was on fire for the Lord. I was here Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning, church, choir. I was here every time the doors were open. I was here. Lord, I want more of you. I want to be with you. I want to love you. I want to be by your side. I'll do anything for you. I was hungry for the word of God. I wanted to know him more and more and more. To now come to the point where I don't want to get too close. Lord, I don't want to be too close. I love you, Lord, but my worldly friends mean a lot to me. Lord, I love you, but I can't give up the alcohol. Lord, I love you, but I can't give up my social drinking with my friends. I can't give up my cigarettes. I can't give up this. I can't give up that. Put anything there. And slowly, 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 you start to go a little far off, a little far off, a little far off. Before, before you know it, you can't even recognize that you were ever a Christian. Peter started to sin, his denial of Christ, by following afar off. But then look with me. It then led him to sit down among them. Number two tonight, Peter's fellowship. So we have Peter's fall, Peter's fellowship. Look at me in verse 55. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down, what's that say, church? Among them. So let me kind of set the stage here. It's, it's, so this is Passover time, so it's around April time frame. During the month of April, 
Jerusalem is, the nights are cold. And I'm talking about like 40 degree cold. I know for many of y'all up north people, it's not very cold. But when you're down south Texas, 40, 40 is freezing. It's time to light the fire, start the barbecue pit in the house, do what you got to do. Cause <laughs> so, the ones, so the ones who captured Jesus along the crowd have now started, and even the crowd have started to gather to see what, kind of what's going on. But it's cold. So, of course, they start, they kindle a fire. They, they make a fire in the midst of the hall to stay warm. So what do you think Peter does? When I was reading through the story, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. He's finally going to stand up, and he's going to do what he should. Peter, 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 in my mind, you're going to, he's going to go off on his own and maybe start his own fire and, 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 and separate himself from the world, separate himself from the people who literally just captured Jesus. But no. Peter sits down with him. Like, eh, no big deal. Let's kind of hang out. Got my buddies here. These soldiers, you would think that he was thinking, these soldiers just captured my Savior. They just captured the Messiah. But in Peter's mind, remember, he was already following afar off. So now he's thinking to himself, you know what? I better blend in. I better blend in. I can't, make the, I can't let the world see me. I can't let them know who I am. I can't let them know who I really follow. I just need to blend in. This is a pattern many times that happens in our lives. We start out making that profession that, Lord, I'll follow you to the end. I'll follow you with my whole heart. Lord, I give you my life. Then we find ourselves doing just that, following afar off, not wanting to serve or associate with Christ because Others might not understand. Others might not accept us. Then we find ourselves precisely in the middle of sin, precisely tangled up in denying Christ but securing the world. We find ourselves fellowshipping with the world. We find ourselves that, hey, it's not too bad. I'm going to kind of just blend in with the world they won't know that I'm a Christian. They won't know who I really follow. They won't know anything. I, I, can, just, I, I can fool them. But let me tell you, friend, you're not fooling Christ. Christ knows your heart. Peter started his sin, his denial of Christ, by following afar off, which led him to sit down among them, which then leads him to denying Christ. Look at me in verse 56 through 59. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately when he spake, the cock crew. So kind of going back to verse 56, he's, he's literally, he's sitting there now. Remember, he was walked afar off. He's now sitting there with, with the world. And somebody, somebody recognizes him. This maid, it's almost like if you're in the grocery store, and you see somebody down the aisle and you're like, man, 
you stare at them earnestly, you're like, I know them, but I, I don't know what their name is. But you look at them, and you're, you're constantly just staring at them, and sometimes it's awkward because they stare back, and you're just like, oh, wow, they saw me. And you, you could try to go to the other aisle because you, you're like, I don't want to see them. I don't want to introduce myself because I don't remember their name. That's almost exactly what's happening here. This maid, this maid sees him and says, hey, this man was also with him. I know him. He was with him. He was with Jesus. But Peter quickly, quickly denies the Lord for the first time. And says, woman, I know him not. I can just picture that. He's almost like, shh, hey, 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 you're going to cause a scene. Hey, be quiet. Hey, 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 don't say that. I don't know who he is. I haven't seen him. In I don't know him from Adam. So you see, the first denial was Peter denies knowing Christ. How many of you in here could say that at some point in my life I was just that? Maybe in your workplace, somebody said, hey, I know you, you're, you're a Christian. Hey, I know you, you go to, what's that church, what's that church? Uh, um, or maybe it's even a boss, or maybe, maybe, whatever it is. Somebody points you out and says, hey, I know them. They follow Christ. But you're real quick to say, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Look at me in verse 58. A completely separate account. Someone else says, sees Peter and, and says, thou art also of them. Almost to say, hey, hey, he's one of them. He's one of those people, he's one of those, those disciples. He's one of those ones that was following Jesus everywhere. But again, Peter denies the Lord a second time. And says, man, I am not. I am not. Again, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you in school, I, I can remember even when I was in school, this, this happened to me. Maybe, maybe somebody, somebody recognizes, hey, hey, aren't you a Christian? No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I'm afraid if, if, if they find out I'm a Christian, I'm not going to be able to be so-and-so's friend. I'm not going to be popular. People are going to think I'm weird. Well, people think I'm weird anyways, but... People are not going to understand. People are not going to understand. They're not going to see things the way I see them. They're going to start to treat me differently. I'll now be the outcast of the school. Verse 59. Another completely separate occasion. The Bible says, an hour later, another confidently affirmed. Confidently affirmed. Like, a matter of fact, saying of a, of a truth, this fellow is a Galilean. So in Mark 14, 70, we won't, take, we won't turn there for the sake of time, but it says that they could recognize him that he was a Galilean by the way he talked. Essentially, they knew he was a Galilean because of his accent. Hey, I know for a fact that you're a Galilean because you talk funny. Maybe again, maybe this is, maybe this is us. Maybe somebody says, hey, you don't say cuss words every five seconds. Hey, hey, you don't, you don't say the things that we say. Hey, you don't make fun of all the things that we do. You don't make the crude comments, the, the dirty jokes. Why not? Why not? 
you must be a Christian. And you're like, no, no way. Not, that's not me. I'm afraid if I, do, if, I don't, if I don't side with them, if I don't say that I'm not of them, maybe they won't like me. Maybe they won't treat me the same. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe I'll lose a friend or two. Jesus was led from the house of Annas to the courtyard to be prepared in front of everyone to include the original religious leaders to be convicted of false accusations. But in the midst of that, three things came together. And it's amazing when you, when you kind of look at these, uh, and it really stuck out to me in my study, three things came together like instantly. Number one there. Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. I have no idea what you're talking about. And immediately when he said that, the cock crows. Immediately. Peter looks up. And guess what? Jesus is looking right into his eyes. What a disappointment. What a disappointment for Peter. What a disappointment. Can you imagine with me the thoughts that are going through Peter's mind? Put yourself in that position. Maybe you go back to the last time that you didn't stand up for the Lord. Maybe you go back to the last time when the Lord made it a point to put you in somebody's life to share the word and you didn't do it. Go back to that last time and just think. As soon as you denied him, imagine your Savior looking directly into your eyes. What are you thinking? I'll tell you what I would be thinking. Man, I'm a failure. I blew it. What was I thinking? How could I? How could I deny the Son of God? Even after the Lord told Peter, Peter told her, the Lord told Peter, Hey, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. You think after the second time, you would like, all right, see you later. I'm going to bed. Even though Peter probably would have denied the Lord in his sleep. But it's like it, when somebody tells you something or somebody tells you you're going to do something wrong, it's, it's like you almost try not to just to prove them wrong. This is a resonating truth that what the Lord says is going to come true. When the Lord says it, it's going to happen. Think with me for a moment, putting yourself in Peter's position. If we were painfully honest, we'd say, yes, there have been times in my life. There have been times in my life when the Lord has given me a golden opportunity. There's been times in my life when the Lord has, has put me there in somebody's life to make a difference. But Lord, I chose not to. Maybe you've been asked the question, hey, are you a Christian? And you avoided the question. There's a lesson to be learned from Peter. There's a big lesson to be learned. This half-in, half-out business don't work. And it's never going to work. You can't be friends with the, friends with the world and friends with Christ. Matthew 6.24 
No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. When I was going through this, it reminded me of a, a song that um, Brother Nichols sang at, at youth, youth conference. And he literally wrote this song just for the youth conference. But anyways, I, I'm not going to sing the song because I have a terrible voice. And, but anyways, but it started off, and the title of the song was, We Must Be Totally Committed to the Lord and to His Way. Peter started his denial of Christ by following afar off, which led him to sit down with them. Then leads to denying Christ, but you're probably wondering, hey, your title said good news. <laughs> Where's the good news? I promise it's not fake news. We're reading in verse 62. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter was ashamed. Peter felt convicted, wouldn't you? If, the, if your Savior literally looked down in your eyes, he knew he blew it. But I also believe that he was repentant. He knew what he had done. But in Peter's denial, there is good news. There is good news. That rooster crowing is a testimony that God was in control. The Lord shut the beaks of a hundred other roosters. Imagine that. The sun's rising. How do you keep a rooster from crowing? You don't. But the Lord can. But at that precise moment, the Lord allowed that one rooster to crow. None other but that one. Peter right then was at his worst. He was at his lowest. I'm not so great, but how great thou art. Let me close with this. <clears throat> there was an elderly couple. There was, of course, up in years. The, the wife developed Alzheimer's gradually. She became completely incoherent. Nothing she said made sense. The husband later, later recounted how he had to do everything for her. He had to feed her. He had to bathe her. He had to change her diapers. However, one day sitting in the living room, she miraculously stepped out of her illness for a moment and looked at her husband and said, Do you love me? Do you love me? The husband said, it broke my heart. I ran to her and said, of course I love you. The greatest privilege I've had is caring for you and taking care of you. Then she smiled, and just as quickly as she stepped out of her illness, she stepped back in. I think many times that we feel just like this when we fail God. We're embarrassed to go to him in prayer for forgiveness of that same old sin. But the devil causes us to look to heaven and, and ask just that. Do you love me? Do you still love me? 
Lord, I've done all these things wrong. Lord, my life's not where it should be. Lord, I've, I've hung out with the wrong people. Lord, I've done the things of the world. Do you still love me? Good news. Jesus loves you. And he's willing, to, he's willing to forgive you, no matter what you've done. But we got to make that first step. Friend, pick up the broken pieces and bring them humbly to the Lord. Lay them at his feet. Trust in his holy word, cleave to him, and he will cleave to you. You may feel like Peter and think, I've blown it. And maybe you have. But no matter what you've done, God has a plan for you. I'm nothing but a sinner saved by grace. Peter went on to live for the Lord. He would later preach and 3,000 were saved. God used Peter to write parts of the book, of the Bible. To finish out his life, to, to show his honor and integrity for the Lord, he requested to be crucified upside down because he felt unworthy to die the same way that Christ did. Friend, I'm here to tell you, there's good news. There is good news. You're going to fall. But you've only failed if you don't get up. The Lord forgives. His mercies are renewed every day. God can use you. Be bold. Be crazy good. Be different. But being different, firmly place yourself on Jesus' side. And don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to carry the name of Christ with you. Be proud of it. It's almost like your last name. Be proud of your last name. Carry Christ with you. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.